Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Naked and Inside Out. It's Janine Toro here. We're an LGBT podcast highlighting people in the community doing some incredible things with their lives and careers. And we're here to share these stories with you, our listeners, to provide a source of inspiration. Today, we have Marnie Florin on the show. Um, I'm really happy to introduce you. They started a two-person team at Google for Trans 101 training. They were in the Peace Corps in Gambia, where being gay was punishable by death. They also worked at the LGBT Center out in LA, canvassing for gay marriage and some other things that we'll talk about further on the show. And currently, finance operations at Google and diversity trainings on the side. Marty, you're doing a lot of things. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. The T the, the person in me just wants to clarify that I didn't, I didn't start the team. I would say I'm part of a two-person team would be my one, my one correction to that. Okay. Kevin and I are equal partners, but yeah. Great. The rest of that is, is spot on. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe we could begin with sort of chronologically, like how you got sure. started um, being in the LGBT space and also even talking a little bit about why you go by the pronoun they. Sure. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not necessarily, lin- it's not necessarily a linear um, story. So I, uh, college was the first time that I started thinking I might be gay and it wasn't the sort of thing like I knew since I was a kid or anything like that. Like I truly was like in love with Brad Pitt growing up. Like <laughs> I like the listeners can't see me, but like, I have very short hair. Like I don't look very feminine, but I did in college. And so I didn't, and I like dated a lot of guys. So it, it was not, it wasn't the kind of thing where like, it was a super athletic, you know, woman who everyone kind of always thought was gay, but not to say all athletic women are gay. I just, there's, there's yes, some no. overlap there. Completely, um, understand. So, Completely understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was kind of the first time. And I remember that I joined the Peace Corps right after college and there was this thing where you had to put, like, on a sticky something about you. And I remember debating, like, oh, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to write, I'm gay. And even then, I still, like, wasn't that comfortable actually uttering the phrase I'm gay. And and it's funny because, as you mentioned, Gambia is a country where being gay is punishable by death. And it was there that I first became okay with being gay, surprisingly. And it's because a lot of the my fellow Peace Corps volunteers were gay. And I hadn't really known, you know, my hairdresser growing up was gay, but I didn't have gay friends in high school or college. Like, I grew up in Orange County, and there was not one out gay person in my high school of 2,200 people that wow. I knew of. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm like, since then, people have come out, and I'm sure maybe there were a couple out gay people that I didn't know, but I, I didn't know of any. And so... So there were a lot of gay Peace Corps volunteers. And, it was a, and I got to say, got to see that, you know, it's okay. Like, these people are normal. It's fine. And and more than that, I got to see people, women who didn't have an extremely feminine gender expression. So women with short hair and women who dress kind of androgynously. And, and in Orange County and where I went to college, like, that just wasn't a thing. Yeah, so... Like, Essentially, ahead, sorry. sorry, yeah, sorry. So that essentially was like the first time that you've met other people that you felt like you can identify with, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I, I definitely identified with my straight friends in high school and college, but it was like, it was the first time I got to realize, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not weird. Yeah, like this is normal. Yeah, exactly. Like you felt like, oh, there, like a sense of community, or like, oh, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And and there's actually like stages of coming out and one of them is is like finding a community. And I think I mean people might argue with this, but for me at least I feel like there's only so much like acceptance you can have with your own identity before you meet and become a part of a community. Like I think becoming a part of a community is this necessary step to becoming fully okay and accepting of yourself. And so, yes, that happened for me in Peace Corps. And I definitely, we, we had Gambian Peace Corps staff. So they were born in Gambia, Gambian um, nationals. And they like, didn't totally understand about being gay and you know you mentioned like there's radio broadcasts about like gay people should be hung like it's really uh, it's a Muslim country it's super conservative I and there were a lot of gay people like a good a full 10% of the volunteers identified as LGB there weren't really any uh, trans people at least when I was there and so I created like um a training, like a safe space training while I was there along with some other um, volunteers. And we delivered it to the Gambian staff and it sort of explained what being gay was. And, you know, that even if you don't really agree with it, like you're still expected to support volunteers as this employee. And the American staff was like very concerned about doing the session. And, and I was not just because I knew this, I knew this and they were like, they loved it. And so it happens every year there. And now it even happens with like the cleaning staff and the driving staff who may or may not be that literate. And um, so, so that was awesome. And that was kind of my like first. Um, yes. Yeah, step into that space. Yeah, exactly. Thank but, you. Exactly. Um, Cause it seems like you're, this was like just naturally inside of you to sort of lead and train and educate others. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think I, I definitely am drawn to it. And I think, I think it's, I'm just like impatient. Like I'd rather not have a million one-on-one conversations. Like it just seems easier for me to like, cut, like create a session and just train, you know, 25 people at one time or whatever. Um. <laughs> no, I'm laughing and I'm like nodding my head when you say this, because it just reminds me of every time you have to come out. Yeah. You know, it's exactly. like for the rest of our lives, we're going to have to just come out. Oh. Like, you know, it, it like it's, like, it's funny. I started a new job recently and I, this is the second job where I've been out at. Um, okay. it's always been something that I've kind of, I don't know if I was hiding it, but it was something that I just didn't want to expose. And plus everyone just had assumptions. I look feminine. So yeah, well, yeah that's what I was going to say that like, I don't have to come out. Well, I have to come out as trans, but like, I don't have to come out as gay. Like people look at me and it's like very obvious right away. But for people like my wife or people like you, like the people are always going to assume you're straight. I imagine. Yeah. Right? Or it's just like, even, but it, you can go to the way they can assume based on your looks, they can assume you're, you're gay, you're straight, you're this, you know, like they, everyone has this sort of set of criteria and then you're just identified. And yeah. it's funny because I'm instantly always asked like, Oh, do you have a boyfriend? Yeah. Or, oh, are you married? Like whatever. And I, and I laugh because even now when I'm openly out, I'm like, oh, yeah, my ex-girlfriend or, oh, yeah, I'm seeing this girl or whatever it is. They're like, like, they're, yeah. take, they're always taken back for a second. And, uh, you know, it's just really interesting. So I think that educating people, even of just being mindful of yeah. not making assumptions and just yes. being more sort of like, oh, are you seeing anyone? Exactly. 
you know, you can't, especially in a professional environment, you can't go in just assuming that everyone's cookie cutter. I mean, oh, and yeah. I work and I work in advertising. It's not like I work in a very button up corporate environment or yeah. a um, finance or, you know, anything that's stereotypically, sure. you know, it's it just very white male. Yeah. I mean, it's just something <laughs> that always hits, it's close home to close to home to me because I, I guess I don't view people like that, but maybe yeah. it's because I'm gay. For sure. You know, For sure. I, and I've never thought about it like that. Like I've always just been sort of open-minded and I'm kind of just don't care what anyone else is doing. And I mean, I live in New York, so it's like, no one cares what you're doing in New York city. For you sure. Know? And, and it's like, I have that quote unquote, like safe space, even though trust me, there are things going on that everywhere that we don't know about and everything can be improved a hundred percent. But I think it's great that even though there was sort of resistance for you in this particular situation, like sort of like the American government was kind of like, Oh my God, like, no, that it, it, you still proceeded to do it or you got the approvals to do it and it was successful. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it just speaks to, um, I think it speaks to the staff there. Like they're just incredible and they love the volunteers and they felt like any education we can have that can make us better teachers and like better supporters of all of you. Like they're, they're incredible. Like this wouldn't have been the case for any random group of Gambians for sure. Yeah. Um, But they're, they're just awesome individuals. I think it speaks to like in general though, I think people, people want to understand more. And I think like, that's what I found a lot in doing these sessions is like, People are typically, I'm, I'm definitely of the, of the mind that like people are typically good or more or good more often than not. And usually just uninformed. Um, yeah. but also maybe, maybe because I've like been privileged and haven't experienced a lot of discrimination, maybe like it's a privilege to think that, that people are generally good. I don't know, but that, that's where I, um, fall for sure. So when you came out, what were people's reactions? When I found I was gay. Yeah. So people um, were okay with it far before I was. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, I had a lot of internalized homophobia. Like it, it took me years. Like when I, it would take me two or three hours to come out to someone after I would say, like, I have something to say to you. What? Yeah. Oh, it would get so annoying. Like, <laughs> they, they would say, like, Mark, like, just, just. Can I curse on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, just, just fucking spit it out, Marnie. And I'm like, I can't. I take it back. I can't say it. And they'd be like, okay, like, okay, I'm gonna tell you. Like, I would have to write it sometimes. I wouldn't even say I'm gay. I would have to physically write I like girls because, like, I couldn't utter the phrase. See, that's so interesting to me because it was re- don't get me wrong, really hard for me. I don't think I could go like two, three hours, kind of like, ah, uh, ah, uh, like brushing around it. I like, it just needed to come out. But I found that it's easier for me to say that I'm gay than I'm a lesbian. Oh, I've never used the word lesbian. Yeah. It's, it's interesting though. It's like, why is one word easier or more accepting in my eyes or society's eyes than another word? I, well, I think for me, it's the gendered connection with the word lesbian and while, like, I don't think I, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't think of myself as trans in college, but I think that, like, underlying that there was this part of me that felt like I didn't really identify as a woman and therefore, like, I didn't identify with the word lesbian. But I think, like, the word lesbian has a lot of connotations around it. Like, I think it's why certain people don't like the word bisexual. Yeah. You know, and so I think, I think there's just certain connotations with a word, unfortunately. Like, I think lesbian has that, too. But, yeah, I, I've always, I always said I'm gay. So did you have to come out twice? 
Yes. It was much easier the second time because I had gone through that whole like charade. Yeah. Like I, I was, I gave a talk at Google recently and I told this story, which is true that I literally Googled, how do you know if you're gay? And like with the spoiler alert, being like, we all have, I know. You know what I mean? Like, like straight people don't Google. How do you know if you're gay? Like there should just be like a Google box. Like you're gay. That's just, like, yeah. Right. When you run, when you run the search query, am I gay? Populate messages to come up. You are because you're yeah. running this. Search. Yes. Like, yes. The answer is yes. You're gay. <laughs> but I like to quizzes. I did this one thing where I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to a lesbian. I had my friend like drop me off at a lesbian bar in college. I'm like, all right. I, tonight I'm going to like figure out if I'm gay or not. Like that was my like big, and I just got like wasted and like threw up in the cab on the way home. It was oh totally- my God. <laughs> I mean, I do think it is harder though when you grow up not being around other gay people or yes. know of gay females because yes. I knew a lot of gay males growing up. And yeah, there were some girls again, quote unquote on the sports teams that I knew were gay, but would never admit it. Like they still were dating guys, you know, like everyone was sort of like not open about it. Whereas I feel like now today, maybe not everywhere, but a lot of teens today, they're like openly out. Like, yeah, I'm this, I'm that, except yeah, 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 yeah. Which to me, I'm like, what? Like, it's incredible. Obviously, I probably say this about a hundred times in the podcast that it is so incredible that, you know, there's a certain demographic that has that support or can advocate in hopes to inspire other teens that don't. For sure. And, but it's just so interesting to me because I feel like it was very hard for me to, yeah. even, to even know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, like, and it was, a, like, I remember specifically this one time I was at the gym and I was looking around and I was like, I, I literally can't just, like, I don't, am I attracted to women? Like, I don't know. Like, I knew I was attracted, and I think it's different for men because I think, I think when like boys grow up and are like are attracted to boys, like you know right away because there's no okay culture where men comment on the attractiveness yes. of other men. Whereas for women, you know, straight women say all the time, like, oh, I wouldn't I like I wouldn't kick Angelina Jolie out of bed or like, oh, like she's gorgeous, she's beautiful. You know, and so Yeah. And so women, do- women have better bodies than men. They're so they're so much more beautiful. Exactly. So it's hard growing up as a woman and having attractions to women, I think, to know whether that's the normal thing or whether that there's something more there. And so I think there was a point where I knew I was attracted to like female celebrities, but I couldn't, I, I honestly didn't know if I was attracted to like my, an average one yeah. of my peers. And it, it like fucked me up. Like it was a weird thing to think, to feel like I don't know my own self. Like, yeah. I don't know how I feel. And it was really, it, like, really bothered me a lot. It made me feel, like, incompetent. And, like, I was this fool that I didn't know myself. Yeah, but in the same way, it's like you have no one else that it, you can relate to in that same sense or other gay women to even be like, oh, let me try this and see. It's like, literally, like, I would, I can't believe I'm going to admit this. Anyway, <laughs> that, like, literally, I would see a girl and I would, you know, think I know, like, yeah, she's gay, definitely. And I would be, like, so enticed just because she was that way that I would try to, like, pursue her. Like, I may have not even been attracted to her, but I just, I was so hungry for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. 
And I think, you know, we're literally raised our whole life, at least I was, to to believe that I was straight and that I was attracted to men. So you're fighting, like, tw- decades of believing a certain thing, you know? So, like, that's a hard thing, too. But I feel like because I went through all that, when I first started thinking, like, maybe I'm trans, like, I knew very quickly I was. Yeah, so, like, because, how like, did like how did that manifest? Yeah, so... I remember at one point in Peace Corps thinking to myself, like, if I were taller, I would I would live my life as a guy. But I'm five one, like I'm very short, and so I I I was just like, it's it's not it's an option, like that can't happen. Just because of the it. height, what? Just because of the height? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was in my head. I was just like, not yeah. an option. It'll never happen. Like, put locked it up in a drawer, done. Yeah. And also, I think this was right around the time that I, like, cut my hair. I shaved my head with a friend. I would never have done it on my own. Hmm. I still was, like, wearing dresses. I still had long hair. And even when I shaved my head, I thought I was going to grow it back out and continue having my long hair. Really? And it was like, like, yeah. I was so scared. And it took, it was four months of not cutting my hair again before I would finally admit to myself that I that I was happier with short hair. Because I think, like, it implied this whole thing to me. Like, I was going to come home a completely different person. I was going to be the only person in my community of, like, in, you know, where I grew up, of my college friends, of everyone who had, was, like, a girl with short hair. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, I finally just had to do it. And then I got home and I, like, stopped wearing dresses when I got done with Peace Corps. So I was, like, slowly becoming, I guess, like, at that time, like, a more butch lesbian, you know? Um, But I think as I was becoming more masculine and realizing I liked it, I I think that was when I started thinking, like, maybe I really don't like being a woman. Maybe it's not just being feminine. It's that I don't identify as a woman. And then I hated, like, in Peace Corps, it was the first time I, like, could, like, scream I'm gay and be so happy about it. And it was, like, then the one place I couldn't be openly gay. And so when I came back, I was like, I want to be like as gay as possible. Yeah. <laughs> like I literally You're running out with the flag. Literally. <laughs> and I did, right? I came back. I lived with my sister in West Hollywood. I started working oh, at the LA Gay awesome. Lesbian Center. I was going to say, you're the gayest probably street in the world. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the one that's painted in rainbows, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I live very close to that. And then, so everyone in my life was gay. Like, it was such a 180 from how it had previously been. Which is amazing. Because I feel like I'm still looking for that circle of gay people. You know, like, yeah. I mean, in New York, I didn't find it. In New York, I only found gay men. It was very hard to find gay women. I never did until I moved to San Francisco. I think they're all hiding somewhere because... They're all in Brooklyn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it is... Queens, maybe. No, but like it, Astoria. Yeah. <laughs> but it is interesting that you say that because having that, being surrounded by all like people, like LGBT people, it's like a whole nother world. And I'm like, Ooh. why couldn't I have had this world 10 years ago? Like, I would have oh, been a completely sure. different person. I, I and, and I don't, I don't regret Same. anything, but I'm like, I would be someone completely different because totally. Like, like to, to me, I think I was so afraid, similar to you, because I remember times, I think I've even mentioned this in another episode, I've literally walked back and forth in front of an LGBT center, and I couldn't walk in. And I'm like, there are people like me behind the door. Like, and I just couldn't, 
I just couldn't do it. I had friends yeah. go with me. I just, I just wasn't ready, I guess, to face whatever I was going to quote unquote face in my eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just like sort of all or nothing idea. I think that you're like, well, once I go in, that's it. Yeah. No way. And I I think, so I think I'd be the same person. I just think I would have had like far fewer years of like depression yes. or turmoil and things. Like, I think I just would have like gotten to where I am faster because if, it, if I had been exposed to a community. Even, I was going to say, even the first time you walk into a gay bar, it's like, oh yeah. my God, there's other people that are like me that do the same thing. And I think that's a big part of it is I always like, not like I was an outcast, but I felt like I was the quote unquote weird one. And I'm like, you know what? I'm an idiot. I'm just going to act this like this is the most normal thing in the world. And if people think it's weird, then that's their problem. Like, what am yeah. I doing? Like, why have I been like preventing myself from like actually like feeling what I've been like trying to feel for It years? takes time because yes. of society. That's why. Like, it takes – I had. I know I met one, another Peace Corps volunteer told me this, like, the most beautiful thing, I think, that she thought about junior high as the time when she would figure out if she was gay or straight. Hmm. That, like, she grew up in this incredibly, like, liberal, progressive environment where she grew up thinking she had just as much of a chance of being gay or straight. She didn't grow up with the assumption that she was straight. And she just thought like, okay, junior high, that's when I'll, that's when, you know, I'll, I'll probably figure that out and it'll, it'll become clear to me. Well, and, and I, I think that's so beautiful. And I, and I hope kind of kids grow up like that now, but I think the idea is so scary to parents because they, and less so now, but I think, you know, my parents were so afraid that I was going to have a harder life. And I yeah. think they felt like if they could do anything to, to turn me, to have me be straight rather than gay. Like, they were never going to encourage me to be gay when I was a kid for fear that, like, I would have the harder life, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it's so funny. See, here I go. I'm going on my tangents. So I have friends that have kids. Love them. I think yeah. they're wonderful people. However, they've already, you know, if they have a daughter, oh, you know, little Joe is going to be so-and-so's boyfriend, girl. And I'm like. But how do you know your daughter is going to be quote unquote straight or same vice versa for, and it's not even like a thing. It's just like, why am I ingrained it in their heads? I know. Do you know? Because, because people are still afraid that somehow like their straight kid could end up gay if they tell them it's okay. Or if they yeah. like never, and it, it's crazy because you know, it's okay when it's you because you're their sure. friend or it, it's just, it, it's something that I constantly, you know, hope that, a lot more people are more open-minded to and not so confined. Like, Oh, you know, because I'm straight, my child's going to be straight type mentality. Or like, even like the whole like thing about, um, gender neutral clothes. I'm like a big advocate (laughs) of that. And still, you know, Oh no, we have to get Joe, the blue outfit and Sally pink and the purples. And I'm just like, Really, we're it's yeah. 2016, and we're st- we're still at this. But that's the thing, and that's what it comes down to. It's not even just like about LG- LGBT people in the community, or LG- you know, it's everyone. For it's sure. everyone opening their For eyes sure. and being more mindful and considerate, not just these people. Sure. You know. Yeah. What's weird though is that more often than not, like little girls want to play with princesses and Barbies. Yeah. And like, it pissed me off to realize that like in my head, I really just assumed that it was all parental societal pressure, but like 
Yeah. A large percentage of little boys want nothing to do with Barbies and they want to play with trucks. If you give them both options, yeah. pick the truck. And that was like a very interesting thing for me to realize, like seeing niece, my nieces and nephews that like, there is like this weird innate thing a lot of the time, not all the time for sure. Yeah. And I think the goal is like when that's not the case, when your girl wants the trucks or when your boy wants the dolls, like you let them do that. Right. Absolutely. Like, that's what I'm saying. Let them yeah. guide you. Don't exactly. guide them. Give them both options. Exactly. exactly. And if that's, they pick yep. the print, if, the, if your daughter picks the princess option, then fine. Don't like, I'm not yeah. going to like force the kid to play with exactly. trucks. Exactly. Like, like, but that's the thing. It's not about, it's, I don't want to make decisions for anyone else. Let yeah. them guide yeah. their path and you support that path regardless of what it is. Yeah. You know? But like, if you put one of my nieces in like, overalls and whatever <laughs> she would cry she'd be like i want my princess dress that's what i want to and wear. her tiara <laughs> yes exactly yeah. you know and that's her preference that's and that's fine and so you know then let her wear her exactly dress. and and then if next week she wants to wear like a tux let her do that do you know what I mean? yeah. it's like let them just be free like how they I say agree. kids should be free and creating and making and not like you know or like being able to go play in the sandbox and you know, not being all sure. worried about being clean or whatever. It's like, I don't know. I just feel like if I'm ever a parent, just let them lead me and I will like guide them, yeah. you know, in a safe, obviously way. Yeah. I think yeah. it's probably easier said than done though, because like, I like even just as like a dog parent. Oh yeah. When like my dog is an asshole to another dog, like I feel, I feel all the eyes of the dog parents on me. Like I have to be, I have to be so firm, make it so clear that I found that unacceptable. That wasn't okay, Cooper. I want to like make sure all these yeah. people know that like, they know that like, I'm a good, I'm a good dog parent. And so I think like, there's so much pressure from other parents. And like, I think that that plays a big, a big role in, in like letting your, daughter show up in a talk to your son show up in a dress at yeah. school and all these parents are like what are you your kid's gonna get beat up why are you doing this you yeah know? no it's interesting yeah so do you want to talk a little bit about what it was like working in LA at the gay and sure. lesbian center yeah. and yeah. kind of some of the work that you did there sure yeah so so yeah so my so my supervisor was a trans man okay and he was probably five two. Oh, look so, look at that so, only an inch taller and I saw him and I thought, oh, so he can do this. Okay, maybe maybe I can do this. And then I we started every meeting with name, pronoun, and like anything else about you that you want to share. Or maybe it was like favorite movie or whatever. Would We would have, vol- not our staff meetings, but like we'd have a lot of volunteer events. And the first time that we had that meeting, I literally thought people were picking like she, the object, or her the subject pronoun, the subjective pronoun. Like I had no idea that pronoun referred to gender. Like uh, how your gender. And thank God I was one of the later people. Because I was sitting there and I was so confused. Like, how could someone prefer he to him? Like what's the like why does why would someone care about that? And then finally I realized that it was related to identity and I said, oh she and her. Female, female pronoun. And it, there was such a long time when I thought, like, I kind of want to try non-female. And I just kept saying female, kept saying female. Even in that environment, I couldn't do it. And then finally, a non-trans female coworker of mine said, whatever pronouns you want. And I was so emboldened by that. I was like, uh, oh, she can say that. 
And obviously, right, I didn't want to look trans. I had a, enough internalized transphobia that I felt, well, everyone knows that she's not trans and she can say it, so then I can say it. So then I said, okay, whatever pronouns you want. And I started doing that for a while. And then finally, I'd been like going through so much turmoil with like my then girlfriend talking to her about it. And I was just like so unhappy and so upset and felt like I was like living this lie to all of our volunteers who were like coming out as trans and doing these things. And here I am like having all these thoughts and, and like not being open about them and pretending I'm something I'm not. And so finally I, I went to a staff meeting and I said, okay, okay team, like I want you to start using male pronouns for me. And you know, I'm at the LA Game Lesbian Center. So they cheer. Congratulations. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, everyone's really excited. They clap for me. Which is how it should be. I agree. Yeah. But I get you because I, I would probably get that weird like, face pause thing like uh, like you know versus but that's they're all probably just like you found you know you found yourself yeah almost. yeah so everyone was super super excited for me started using uh i tried different names i tried max i tried matt and so at the same time what we were doing was like door-to-door canvassing for gay marriage so this was in 2011 and 12 and um we did a lot of training so we would train like 40 or, you know, 50 volunteers would come to Canvas and potentially having never canvassed before. And so we would give them a training on how to do it and everything. And so I got really good, I would say, at doing trainings as a result of that and having difficult conversations with like folks who didn't understand whether or not being gay was a choice, why gay people have to shove it in everyone's faces or things like that. I know. I don't want to get you started. I had to like like, talk people down from that like very often. And so that happened. And I, at the same time, I like got accepted to Columbia Business School and I was planning to go there. And I went to an event for like admitted students. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go as Max. We're going to use male pronouns. Like I'm doing it. And I'm clearly like, okay with talking. I'm talking to you here. I talk a lot. And I didn't speak at this event. Like, I was terrified. I, like, wouldn't talk. I used the male, ba- the male bathroom for the first time. It was terrifying because we have a gender-neutral bathroom at the LA Game. Yeah. And it was just, like, one of the worst experiences ever. I was so terrified. We had to leave early. I, like, got back to our hotel room or whatever, and I feel like I just cried. And I realized, like, I can't go to business school as he because I'm going to be afraid to speak and have people hear my voice, you know, not think what's, what's wrong with this person. And it's so funny because if I were trans, if I were like a butch lesbian, I would have worn the same thing. I would have said the same thing. People would have thought the same thing, but for some reason, because in my head I wanted to be seen as male, I like, the idea of not being seen as male and like being misgendered was so painful at that time. And, and yet I didn't ever totally feel that male pronouns were right for me, but it was tough to know like, okay, well, is it not right for me because it's not right for me or is it not right for me because for the past 25 years I've been using female pronouns. And so I thought about gender neutral, but I just, I didn't really believe that like they were a real viable option. I'm going to business school. Like I can't have people People aren't going to use made-up words. Z. Yeah. They're not going to use grammatically incorrect they. Like, I, I, it's just not going to happen. i got to choose between male and female. 
So that's that's kind of how I felt. Wait, and you did this? Did what? Children you, female, yeah. female? Yes. So I tried to defer from business school. Like I felt like I needed a year to like figure my shit out. Yeah, yeah. And they don't allow it. Of course and they don't. Columbia was the only school I got into, the only business school I got into of the ones I applied to. And I was like, I can't go through this again. Like I, and I was in therapy. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So I was in therapy at the time and my therapist was like, I think, I mean, you have to make a decision, right? You're going to either use male pronouns and you're going to not raise your hand in class. You're going to be too afraid to make any friends. You're going to not go to any events or you'll use, you know, female pronouns and you'll go from there, you know? And, and I just, in my head, I had, I always felt like if people meet you with the pronouns you want them to use right away, it's so easy for that. And if I go there with female and then I change, no one's going to get it. No one's going to be able to do this. Like I, I am, I'm like a very much like black or white, all or nothing person. Not at all. I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm the same way. And so, and, and so it was, I felt like if I go using female pronouns, I'm stuck with them forever. Yeah. But eventually that's what, that's what I did. And so slowly, um, I would tell people like one-offs, like this is how I identify or people who sat at the table with me at that event. I ran into later and they, I was like max at that event. Right. Uh, and so I became friends with a couple of them. And like, finally, at one point we had a conversation about it. And like I explained and they were like, I've always wondered, like, I didn't want to say something. Yeah. Because uh, then it's weird. It's, that's another thing. You, yeah. you almost have to wait for that person to tell you. Cause like, I'm sure my friends probably thought I was gay, but they weren't gonna be like, Janine, oh, duh, you're gay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And if they didn't remember, like, I don't remember the names of some of those people at that table. So like, I don't want to assume. Yeah. They do. But like, eventually I got to a point where I just hated every time someone used she for me, every time someone used her, I either like didn't realize they were talking about me. Like it would either take a minute to realize they meant me or I would just feel like disgusting inside and I hated it. Yeah. And I got to a point, but I was like, I don't really even like male pronouns. Like, I don't know if that's what I want. And I just realized like, fuck it. I'm going to make people use gender neutral pronouns and they're going to do it. Yeah. And so I sent out an email to like 50 of my like classmates and explained it and said all this stuff. And, and, and so there was that. And I met a trans an incoming trans woman. I was going to graduate. It was my second year and she was about to start the next year. And I realized this was the beginning of my second year. Like I've done nothing to make this school like a more inclusive place. And I was like, sort of like LGBTQ'd out after like my time at the LA Gay and Lesbian Center. And I was like done advocating and I was tired. And so my first year, like, I really didn't do anything. But after I met that woman and I felt like, oh, I like, this isn't okay. I got to do something. It, and I thought, again, like, instead of having a hundred conversations, I'm just going to create this training. Yeah. So I created like a trans one common, common theme. Common theme. I'm lazy. I would like. No, the training. The training. It's it's great. No, but it's it is. It's like selfish slash lazy. And because I'm comfortable speaking in a big group, like it's just easier for me to do that. And it's more that I hated being misgendered so much that I didn't want to waste the time to tell everyone. I just like wanted to get it over. But yes, training. But I think ask me a million. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but what's valuable is maybe to you, you're being quote unquote lazy, but you're exposing it to so many more people at one time, which is so powerful. Yeah. And I just like, I got a bunch of questions, like, especially the inner, like Columbia is 40% international. 
So especially like people just didn't understand. And I know like they're all super supportive. They all love me. And I realized like they just had a lot of typical questions and I could probably answer a lot of those questions in this, you know, I did like a 60 or 90 minute session and just, you know, went over a lot of information. And so I did that and got a, actually got a gender neutral bathroom. We got one made. I like work with the administration. So now there's one there. And now they give a third like gender option on the application. That's great. And they do the session every year as part of Ally Week. See? I'll do it at Columbia. But that's, but that's, but this is what I mean. Like, I just think it's funny. I mean, I get what you're saying because, you know, you don't want to have to constantly repeat, repeat, repeat. But the sure. point is, it's that this is being repeated to so many people every year now because of No, you. it's amazing. I'm so, yeah. I'm so proud of it. Yeah. And, it's, and especially with the Peach Corps one, like when I heard later that they were still doing it, I was so excited. And when I heard from someone at Columbia that, you know, they're still doing it. I mean, it like, I was beaming. It made me so excited. But yeah, so when I, so I got to Google after business school and I, I knew right away, like I wanted to do the session there. And then luckily, um, my coworker, Kevin Perry had, um, we're both in finance operations, right? So we are not in like people operations, HR, diversity, yeah. anything like that. He had started like an ally training at Bank of America in North Carolina where he had been. And I was talking with another colleague of mine in one of the common spaces about wanting to do this. And she was like, you know, talking about we need another, I want like a co-facilitator. And Kevin happened to be walking by and I know he's a gay guy. And I was like, Kevin, I didn't even know about his background or anything. And I said, Kevin, like, we're talking about this. Would you want to do this? Like, it was just a total random thing. And he said, yes, of course. Yes. And so we sat down and like, we totally evolved the session, brought in the stuff that he had been doing, like added a panel, which has been massive. And, and now it's this thing at Google that we've given to like, I don't know, a thousand or 1500 Google employees that we've done at like, we've done it maybe 20, 25 times across the US. We're going to be giving it in Europe maybe later this year. And so it's been awesome and it's just so well received, which is, which is really exciting. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, was there any pushback or, I mean, I know Google is very LGBT friendly. I mean, uh, gaglers, right. Is that, yeah, there you go. So, I mean, they're very, I can remember that people can't see me nod. So I'll say yes. 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 Uh, Yeah. I know. I said to forget that. So um, I think that everyone's just here watching me sometimes. The reactions, I'm assuming, were very positive. Now, is this typically for, like, more management or is it for anyone in the company? Anyone. So we've, I mean, it depends. So the very first, and I mean, the very first time we we pitched it to um, the director of finance operations. And we were just going to do it for finance operations because I had only been there seven months or so when we did our first session in um, 2015. And so... We pitched it to the director of finance operations just, and he said, well, this is incredible. Why are you just limiting it to finance operations? You know, like what about the rest of finance? And, and I said, I don't know anyone. I see. So, so it kind of just started, the original idea started growing into other departments. I mean, a hundred percent because of him. And he said, what about the other people, other teams on this campus? What about people operations? What about the tech teams? Yeah. And I said, I mean, sure, I don't know anyone to pitch it to. Like, I don't, I don't know anyone yeah. else. And she was like, well, email this person, email this person, set it up with them, have them send out emails about it. And I was like, okay. And, and this is a straight white male. 
who I'm talking ah, to. Even more interesting. Yeah, he's um, European, like, and and just so supportive, so incredible. Like, get everyone you can. Yeah, and that and that was how our first session had maybe 175 people. Wow, that's and, great. Yeah, and we never. And every session since that has been have been people requesting it from us. Wow. So people will reach out to us and say, hey, can you do this? Someone in Boston, hey, can you come to it here? And they, you know, they threw us out there and we, and we did a session there. So, so, the, so to answer your question, sometimes a team will say, hey, can you do this for my specific team? And so we'll come in and do that. But sometimes someone, you know, we just did sessions in Seattle and Kirkland offices. And it's, you know, hey, come do this for the Seattle office kind of thing. That's great. I'm like, so yeah. I'm like, it, it really is. It's, it's incredible. And and to Google's credit, like at no point in time did he say, well, let me see your deck. Let me see your slides and what you're going to say and what's going to happen to you. Never. Wow. They just said, this is a great idea. I love it. Go run. With and you run. And yeah, they trusted you and your Kevin to do it. Yeah. That's, that's, and I, that's yeah. great. So I think that's pretty much it. I think we're about wrapped up. Um, but if our listeners do want to get uh, a hold of you, um, I know you said you do yes. some trainings on the side as well. Can you relay your contact information or social media? Sure. Um, so my Twitter is Mix Flooring. So Mix is the gender neutral honorific. So instead of Mr. or Mrs. So it's MX. Florin, F as in Frank, L-O-R-I-N. Or you can email me at marnie.florin at gmail. So M-A-R-N-I-E dot Florin, F-L-O-R-I-N at gmail.com. Awesome. And we'll also link those um, on the site when we post. So listeners, thank you again so much for tuning in. You can find us on nakedandinsideout.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google, basically everywhere where you can find a podcast. On social, we're on Insta as Naked and Inside Out. Twitter, Naked underscore Inside Out. Uh, Tumblr, Naked and Inside Out. Podcast.tumblr.com. So thank you again for listening. And soon... Oh, also, I always forget this. Rate us on iTunes. It's really important. Um, if you're liking what you're hearing go to iTunes and give us a rating or a comment. It would be greatly appreciated. As always, thank you for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks again, Marnie. Thank you, Janine.